Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players in the $750 billion business of sports. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. In 2014, technology mogul Vivek Ranadive bought the NBA's Sacramento Kings. Since then, the franchise has been infused with what Ranadive, the founder of Tibco Software, calls NBA 3.0. MBAs might call it what he preaches customer relationship management. But he often describes the mentality as one that's maniacally focused on the fans and uses a ton of technology to do it. This season, the franchise's new arena, the Golden One Center, has been the centerpiece, and it's moved the Kings one step closer to Ranadive's vision, which includes using the franchise as a social network. The vision flows top-down, and today the guy who makes that vision actually happen, Chris Granger, the Kings' president and COO. Granger came to the Kings from the league office, where he was a senior vice president of team marketing and business operations. And back then, he was advising NBA, WNBA, and NBA Development League teams on everything from ticket sales to sponsorship development to customer retention. Grade A education as well, abroad at the prestigious London School of Economics and Political Science, and bachelors from Cornell and MBA from Yale. In short, Granger's operational chops keep the world's smartest arena not only running, but pioneering a push to use metrics, new and old, to measure and improve fan experience. Here's my recent discussion with Granger about how the pieces come together. Keeping score in the boardroom, we've got a whole bunch of different perspectives on the trillion-dollar business of sports. We've had owners, we've had executives, we've had players, we've had mayors. Uh, we have somebody now that has morphed from a guy at various management positions at the Walt Disney Company, uh, uh, sorry, London School of Economics, Cornell, MBA from Yale as a Harvard guy. I guess we've got to squeeze that in there somewhere. So then he's Walt Disney Company. He goes to the NBA and now he's basically running for Vivek Ranadive and his people. The Sacramento Kings as president, COO. How's that for an intro? Chris Granger. <laughs> Very nice of you. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So you're pretty busy. Sacramento went from, frankly, a kind of middle market team. It still is. But when you look at the Forbes numbers, it's ranked number 19. It's kind of right in there. But what does an arena do? Golden One and the opening of that arena, it's an incredible building, incredible downtown development opportunity. What does an arena do to the economics of where the Kings stand today and in the future? Well, I mean, Golden One Center is it's bigger than basketball. As we've said all along, the fight and the ultimate win to keep the Kings in Sacramento, Vivek leading what's ultimately a billion-dollar investment into downtown Sacramento between Golden One Center and about 1.5 million square feet of mixed-use development, restaurants, bars, hotel, condos, retail stores. I mean, this is a, a catalyst for a new Sacramento. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Like it's a, it's a new day here in Sacramento. So I think that's the most important thing. And then in terms of what it does for the Kings, I mean, obviously we've been playing in an antiquated arena for quite some time now. So to be able to have all of the modern amenities, to have a real interesting and 
I don't know, authentic food and beverage program here to take care of our premium customers in a different way, to take care of our sponsors in a more aggressive way. Um, as you might imagine, it just it changes our economic fortunes overnight. Yeah. So you've had about a quarter of a million people visit the building thus far, that Kanye West and other major acts as well. You made the statement that it's more than just basketball, which it clearly is. How important is this as a real estate catalyst relative to, let's say, others around the country? Well, again, I, I think I won't speak to others, but I, I'll say for Sacramento, it's huge. Sacramento's downtown was in a dire need of a change in fortune here. And this billion-dollar investment all happening within sort of a three-year window here is changing the fortunes for everybody. I mean, even since Golden One has been under construction, there have been 80 new businesses that have opened up downtown there have been over $500 million in downtown real estate transactions unrelated to our investment in the downtown. We've seen property prices go up by some 30 to 40% in just the last two years downtown. So again, it, it's having the catalytic effect that we, I think, all hoped it would. And then, oh, by the way, I think 80% of everything we've spent on this project has gone to Sacramento area contractors. Over 80% of all the hours worked on this project have gone to Sacramento area workers. So, again, I, I think we've been very purposeful and intentional about where we're spending our money with the belief that, you know, if we can keep the money in Sacramento, that benefits everybody. So you look to your West and you realize that you had a defending champion at least two years ago who are building a state-of-the-art facility on the waterfront downtown San Francisco, uh, abandoning Oakland. You see Livermore and you see Martinez and you see Davis and you see Route 80. Um, and it's geography. It's an international show. But as far as what the market area looks like, do you view this as a kind of a compatible market with two basketball teams from uh, Reno to the Bay Area? Or do you see it fighting for every fan and every dollar? If he's not a Kings fan, he's a Warriors fan and vice versa. Yeah, you know, this project for us at the beginning, we want it to be something that celebrates the best of Sacramento and celebrates the best of Northern California. So whether it's the commitment to sustainability, as you know, this is the first LEED Platinum Certified Sports Venue in the world, the only sports venue in the world that gets 100% of its power from the sun. Obviously, we're doing some amazing things from a technology standpoint. The building is a technological marvel. It has as much connectivity in the building as a small city. Um, obviously, it has an amazing design as well that incorporates the outdoor into the indoor through these just wonderful airplane hangar doors, and we'll be playing the the world's first indoor-outdoor basketball games in the NBA here real shortly. So again, I, I think this project celebrates not just Sacramento, but all of Northern California. And, and again, like we're here to compete and we're here to compete on a global stage. So yes, we want to get all the fans in Northern California, but we want to, you know, we want to do things that attract concerts from around the world. We want to do things that attract the best family shows from around the world. And we want to do things that make, this a destination for artists, for players, and for fans alike. Well, Chris Granger, it's not baseball, clearly. The have-that-have-nots baseball really key determiner is the local television deal. When you look at the economic rankings, again, outsiders do it, but you see the Knicks and Lakers in one and two because of their markets, regardless of how they are on the floor. And then you see some of the middle markets. I guess one of the beauties of the middle markets and the, where you are is uh, Sacramento, you, uh, uh, you guys, o Oklahoma City, Orlando, uh, Utah, 
you can be very successful, I assume, even given the limitations of your market, the way the economic structure of basketball is set up these days, agree or disagree? I think that's right. I think that's something that the commissioner and the prior commissioner um, and all of the owners have been focused on for quite some time, creating a system whereby, if well-managed, you can be profitable and compete for a championship. And I, I think that's the real value of the NBA, is that you know, the ability to attract players, the ability to be successful on the court, or the ability to turn a profit is not required or is not defined by the size of your market. You guys are a high-tech uh, best-in-class. You know, you know what best-in-class is. It's kind of interesting because you were involved directly in the NBA, uh, for lack of a better term, best practices uh, committee when you were there. They had the best group of folks sharing information of any of the major sports, and now you're working with a team, and you guys are out front on technology side of this. Are you frustrated because you can't move fast enough in the technological world, or are you excited because you're ahead of the pack? Um, no, I, I think you know we're, we're lucky to have Vivek, who's a leader in the tech space, pushing us all the time and introducing us to key players in Silicon Valley and around the world. I think sitting in Northern California, we are, again, lucky to be sitting among all of the policymakers that matter when it comes to sustainability. So I think that gives us an advantage. And then again, I, I think it's often overlooked, but from a fan experience, food and beverage matters a great deal. And to sit in the middle of one of the more bountiful and diverse agricultural regions in the country enabling us to source 90% of all of our food and beverage literally from within 150 miles of the arena, I think that gives us an advantage. So we don't think of being handicapped by the market we're in. We think we have a real edge given our market and given who our owners are. The player side of this stuff, a 2011 agreement, the revenue share, everybody talking about December 15 is a D-Day that nobody will get to. Where do you guys stand? Do you think a labor deal will get done sooner than later, and how do you feel about it? Well, again, we, we can't really comment on right. current state negotiations, but again, I think everybody knows what's at stake here right now. As we said earlier, this is truly a golden age for the NBA. Our players make, um, I, I think, they're the highest paid union in the world, probably. Um, and our teams are doing well and, and want to continue this. So uh, I think we're all hopeful that a deal gets done, but, but we'll see. And again, it is not fair for you to comment on any of these because you're not supposed to, but I just wanted to make sure we covered all of that and really good answer, as we might expect. Finally, you know, your background, there's nothing to poke fun at. It's, it's an incredibly diverse background. So, you know, after your Cornell and after Yale, the Walt Disney company and the, the whole uh, innovation ideas of Disney and spectator facilities, uh, the dominant theme parks. How did working with Disney prepare you or get you in a better position for doing what you're doing today? It was great. I, I was just speaking at a luncheon with some of our partners from Kaiser Permanente, and, and they, like us, work with the Disney Institute in terms of training our own staff as it relates to customer service and creating a common purpose and service standards and so on and so forth. And, you know, again, I, I was so lucky to start my career at Walt Disney World. I think they just do so much well, whether it's, you know, teaching you the importance of service, teaching you how to turn around difficult service situations, leadership, attention to detail, the importance of process. Again, those are lessons that you can carry with you the rest of your career and, and, and clearly we're employing some of those things here at Golden One Center and in Sacramento. But, again, I, I can't speak highly enough about my Disney experience. So five years from now, wave the magic wand. Where are the kings in the pantheon of, of NBA basketball 
uh, given what Golden One Center does for you guys? Well, again, I, I think a few things. One, hopefully we've done some interesting things from a sustainability standpoint that other teams um, mimic and try to follow. As proud as we are of Golden One Center from a tech standpoint, from a food standpoint, from a sustainability or design standpoint, we understand that we're not going to be the only ones to be lead platinum, and we're not going to be the only ones to have an amazingly connected arena, and, and hopefully other teams can pick our brains and we can share our learnings with others. So hopefully we're a model for others in that regard. And then, again, obviously on the basketball court, our mission is to, you know, first and foremost to create a winning franchise that enhances the lives of those it touches and makes the world a better place. And it starts with create a winning franchise. So I suspect we're going to continue to make aggressive moves to turn the team around and, and be competing for a playoff spot in the very near future. Chris Granger of the Kansas City Omaha. Oh, no, they're the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> How about that history? Uh, what's, it, what's it feel like to be the only game in town, by the way? We're very lucky here in Sacramento. Again, everybody knows the story about the team potentially leaving multiple times over the last X number of years. And everybody knows that the team is not here but not for the fans and the amazing support they've provided over the last 30 years and certainly over the last five when things looked grim. So we take that relationship extremely seriously and and we certainly understand how fragile that relationship can be so we do everything we can to make quote sacramento proud it's it's not just a tagline for us it's our calling and our mission so the things we do in the community are for our fans we do want to make a difference in sacramento and again we we truly appreciate the support that we receive here Everybody listen to Chris Granger. It resonates. You listen to people in Memphis and Oklahoma City uh, and Orlando and obviously in Sacramento, and they get what it means to be the big game in town and take advantage of that. Chris Granger, thank you. Yeah, man, I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. I'm Rick Harrell. The producer of the show, Alex Cohen. Associate producer, Bethel Hobte. Assistance provided by Tanner Simpkins and Carlos Waddick and the executive editor of Reuters Digital, Dan Calaruso.